Today on Gospel Unscripted. So when we hear somebody saying my truth, it's almost like they're saying their own God, right? Because we know that truth comes from God. So if you're defining your own truth, well, you're taking God's place. Hi, everyone. I'm Amy Hurls. This is my co-host in the corner, Jennifer Smith, and we want to welcome you to Gospel Unscripted. Today, we are here to encourage you with God's word, to pray for you, and most importantly, to read through the gospel with you. We're going to make connections and observations and ask questions all in an unscripted manner. And we just want to invite you to join us in pursuing the heart of Jesus today and learn about God's plan to give us all a future and a hope. So let's get started. Let's get started. I'll go ahead and open us in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity you give us today to dig into your word, to, to see it with our eyes, to hear it with our ears, to speak it with our mouths, Lord Jesus. And we just pray that you would enter that word into our hearts, Lord, usher it in, Lord Jesus, that, that your word will live there and that we will learn and know more of you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good prayer. So you saw last week's episode, you will know that this is our, uh, my longtime friend, Angie Fadness, also a friend of this podcast. And uh, she has, we are so thankful to have her with us. And um, you know, iron sharpens iron friends. And the more, the more opportunities the Lord gives you to do that with people in your circle, I just, I encourage you to do it. I just last week got a message from someone on the gospel and scripted Facebook page, and they are a new believer and they're feeling lonely. And, mm. you know, I'm just praying mm -hmm. over that person right now, right now, Lord Jesus, please continue to, to surround that person and all new believers with the right people, Lord, that, that would just draw them closer to you. Um, amen to that. Amen. And, uh, That's anyway, in, in the course of praying for her online, uh, cause she's like, I don't have a Bible. And so I was trying to get her hooked up with the Bible. You know, lo and behold, God provided one before I could even get to it. And when we were praying about that together wow. online. So, That's you know, Awesome. When you are in need, ask the Lord and he will provide. And I was, I have been in need in my life and, mm -hmm. and Angie has been there and Jenny has been there and God is good yeah. friends. So I, I just really, uh, pray that, that these, these kinds of relationships over, over anyone who is seeking those right now, please Lord. So yes. anyway, we're glad you're here. Yeah. We're glad you can do the we heavy are. theological lifting. Thank you. With Thank us you today. Angie. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I am absolutely enjoying being here. It's just been a long time since you just sit around and just chew on scripture together. You mm -hmm. know, even if you're sitting in a Bible study and it's just not the same as just picking through and just kind of working through it together and just um, kind of growing from each other. Right. So yeah, so happy to be here, guys. And I, I love that it's gospel unscripted, but not necessarily unedited, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so yes, although we, we, we have not, we have not planned what we have said, you know, we do ask the Lord for discernment as we go through to, to get the final edits of these episodes from, you know, the raw footage to, to what you would hear just to get to the heart and core of the conversation. So, all right. So we are ready for John chapter eight, verse 31. Anybody want to read that out loud? I'll take go it. Jenny. Here we go. So Jesus said to the Jews, who had believed him. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him. 
We are the offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do what you have heard from your father. This is the word of the Lord. I loved it when uh, Amanda said Amanda that. Amanda said and that. I, thought, I want to start saying that. <laughs> All right. So did yours really say practices sin as a slave? Because mine says commits. Not that oh. That's, oh, that's so interesting. So my Bible that was printed. Huh? Oh, you've got an older ESV. Yes. And it says commits and the new one says practices. That's mm. a difference, isn't it? That is practicing a would be continually doing uh-huh. it. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense with what comes next because you're a slave to sin, right? Yes. Slaves, they have no control on one hand. Mm-hmm. and they have to do the bidding mm-hmm. and how terrible to do the bidding of our sin. Oh, dear Jesus. So at the last bit of chapter eight, we, in verse 30, it says, as he was saying these things, many believed in him. So he'd, he'd been conversing with the Jews who were in the temple. And then now this next section starts out, Jesus is now talking to the Jews who had believed in him. So mm-hmm. there's an, an, a coming to faith and an immediate discipleship okay. success situation that's going on right wow the first thing that kind of stood out to me besides obviously the powerful truth of the truth setting us free i mean that's obviously powerful but it's kind of just rereading this is you know where the the jews are basically saying hey we've never been enslaved and in our mind we think about yeah what are you talking about what was egypt what was that what were all these things you know and really they they had that still had that pride with them then we've never been spiritually slaves so in their minds they never have been a slave you know because they are the chosen race well i think they consider themselves righteous right Mm -hmm. they are already right with god right that's what righteous means to be Mm -hmm. right with god i love that jesus takes the time to explain himself further you know he doesn't just leave these enigmatic words from the Mm -hmm. last section i just read this too this little commentary says the tender faith of those new believers needed strengthening Mm. which which if you go back to chapter six there were many disciples who fell away at the end of chapter six already it's um Mm -hmm. there's been attrition i think that's the word i'm going for Mm -hmm. because he has the masses and then it goes down 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 the whole time to the ones that are really going to be with him at the end they don't really have any kind of frame to put it in right and so you know he spent all this time i know previous chapters too but you know saying i am god's son you know and now he's got them believing as after he spent some time in previous and six really talking about his deity i mean that's really what he's saying like you see a man in front of you but i am also god and and so you know now they're believing right that's what it says it says they believe it doesn't say you know there's the repentance or all that things that we think of with salvation but they're believing that yeah this is who this guy is and so the next step really is to say okay now you have to believe that you need salvation you know if you believe i am who i am 
then we've got to point you to your sin. You need to know that you need salvation. Yeah. And then he explains, he explains what salvation is. You're absolutely right. So 34, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits practices, practices practices sin. sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So we're slaves to sin, right? Slaves, servants. I hear that sometimes in in conversation about this verse, they I have heard people use the word servant instead of slave there, but I think slave is a more powerful mm-hmm. word. You know, mm-hmm. you got to serve somebody, Bob Dylan says, right? But mm-hmm. you really you're a slave to something. It's true. Servants, slaves, they they are not the ones that when the inheritance is meted out will receive inheritance. It's the son. The son remains, right? Mm-hmm. So if the son, capital S in mine, does yours go to capital S? No. In yours? Mine is if not the capital. the son sets you free in 36. Oh, yes. Yeah, in 36, yeah. it's capital. You're free indeed. So yeah, so in 35, the son is not capital because in 35, it's just making an analogy Generic. to- Yeah, people who are in the house versus people who are- in the house working or the slave of the household. And then Mm -hmm. in 36, it changes son to talk about Jesus, meaning like the son of God. I thought this was a really interesting quote. This is from Michael Moore's commentary, but I just thought every once in a while, you know, you just have to almost quote something you think it's so good, but he was talking about this particular scripture, 31 to 36. And he said, adopting the right religion is not what makes you free anymore than living in a house makes you a son. And so I thought that's a really good, like what kind of little one sentence, like what he's really trying to communicate to them that just because you live, you are, you know, an Israelite, you know, is it going to be what makes you free, right? Frees you from the consequences of your sin, Mm -hmm. right? So, but it's, but it's no more than just being a son, you live in a house makes you the son. You know, so I thought that was pretty cool. I don't know if this is exactly Romans, this is, from, no, is, this, is it 815? That's what I got too. Okay, go ahead and read it. It's okay. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoptions as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. And Galatians 4, 5, and 7, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are mm. sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying abba father so you are no longer a slave but a son and if a son then an heir through god because slavery was a fact of life back then you know some of my my favorite christian novels in all the world are those francine rivers books a voice in the wind and echo in the darkness you know and then i can't remember the third one is as sure as the dawn and uh those stories they follow the character. I would say her name wrong. Hadassah is what I always mm-hmm. call her, mm-hmm. which is, you know, means that's Esther's name in the Old Testament. Yeah. And she's a slave. And the depiction of what slavery was like in, in this time period, not everybody, but most people in America anyway, mm-hmm. we don't know what that kind of physical slavery looks like. I do think that we all know when Jesus is talking about being a slave to sin, I don't think there's a person in the room who wouldn't have had some, mm-hmm. like a quickening in their spirit to what you're a slave to, you know? I know I, I feel that sometimes when when I hear, you know, a preacher that's really on it mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're talking and they're reading the word and I'm like, oh, and I and I feel that deep in my soul. 
and to be freed from those things that I know plague my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could cry thinking about it, Mm -hmm. you know, when those sins are so deep, when we think about what sin really does to us, it's our sin. We do it to ourselves, but it, but it is a fact of our lives that we are so never going to get out of that sin without Jesus, you know? And lately I've been thinking about, you know, certain things that plague me in my life and thinking and praying about Lord, please help me see the way to let go of that and let you into that. And so that that can be redeemed, please give freedom, please give freedom. Because although we feel this and we, and we intellectually understand this, these people saw people in chains all the time. Yeah. You know, that, that was a real thing that they observed and to be talking about slavery and freedom. I mean, freedom is everything. Freedom was everything. I think we all have to remember what Jesus is really talking about. And it's the world that we don't see. Ephesians 6, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against what we see, but there is a world that we cannot see. And we have a true struggle that is only going to be one with the power of the cross. Well, isn't it interesting too? He's speaking to believers mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. they say to him, I mean, new believers, they're new believers. We know this because uh-huh. it was just like the last paragraph, right? <laughs> Something right. happened. They say to him, we are offspring of Abraham have never been enslaved to anyone. And Jesus words back to them in his answer down here in 37, I know that you're our offspring of Abraham, but, and he's saying to the believers, Yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. Hmm. Mm. So what do you think about that? Well, it goes back to like, you can't be saved if, if you don't need saving. So maybe they recognize his deity. Like they Mm -hmm. recognize what he is saying in that previous section. But now, because even the demons believe Right. that there is a God, right? right? They believe anyway, in God, but. I think a lot of people, even in today's world, maybe they recognize God as the creator. Maybe they recognize Jesus as the son of God, but yet they don't, they don't see the sin in their life. They don't see that they need to be saved. And Jesus is trying to help them to understand, look, this is why I've come into the world because my light shines into the darkness that's in your heart and you need saving. Well, and I think too, it's kind of going back to what we did previously about that. I'm of this world, you're of this world. He's really talking about that spiritual versus physical world, you know, and that you have people who are saying, willing to say, yes, I believe you're the Messiah, but their idea, we know this, their idea of what the Messiah was and what he was there to do would still be very different. So even if they believe, yes, you are the man, you know, he's still trying to get to, I, I want to do more for you. You know, mm-hmm. the spiritual healing is what I want to bring into your life. You know, not this other stuff that you're so concerned about. And so I think mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's a different, that's a different step. I agree. And 38 agrees with you too. Uh, you are here and I am here. I speak of what I have seen with my father who is above mm-hmm. and you do what you've heard from your father who is below. And then mm. it's like, 
the next, the big, the uh, way I'm scary. Scary. right? Yeah. Yeah. Who's so. going to take 39? I mean, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 39 through 47. Through 47. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Then answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. <laughs> it's pretty so, harsh. Okay, so this commentary is saying the unbelievers in the crowd spoke up again, challenging okay. his offer of freedom. Hmm. Because maybe there's a crowd and maybe there's a lot of Well, there is, but then it could also be a situation of, you know, some of the seed falls on rocky ground. Some of the seed falls on fertile ground. I mean, it could be an immediacy even. I think it's unclear to me Uh at this point, even though I thought initially that it was the believers and it does say those first section, but as it goes on. But it does say it verse 40, but now you seek to kill me. But he said that in the previous paragraph too, right? Mm. But is it is it a personal you or is it like talking of like the, Just you, know, to the, the crowd. you know, you seek mm-hmm. to kill me, um, you know? I do think the commentary I read did talk about that he was kind of, there was a mixture, they believed there was a mixture in this, in this section of the crowd. And it also talked about, you know, just going back to where the temple was, there were different places where different conversations took place. And so as Jesus would have moved around that courtyard, there were some places that would have been more interactive. And so there would have been more of this discussion going on instead of just Jesus lecturing or what you would think of traditional teaching. Yeah. I mean, this is defining who Satan is, you know, and and pointing back and saying, you know, how can you say that you're of God, but yet you want to kill me and I've done nothing. I heard a really good, this online conference. It was actually from Duck Dynasty, believe it or not. I know. Yes. And I've always thought, oh, I'm not reality TV. I'm not going to, I saw she had books out, but it was so good. Mm -hmm. And she so speaks to a young generation and it was all about truth. And she was talking about how, and I was, I was reading this, I was thinking about it because she talks about Satan plays two truths and a lie with us all the time. Satan says, you know, I'm taking a leap here, but Satan says to people, yeah, you can historically look and there's Jesus. That's a truth, right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, there were lots of people who followed him. Well, obviously there's Christianity, right? So they tell a truth, but then they sneak a lie in there. But you know what? It seems pretty unrealistic that he lives in heaven and he was here for salvation and all that stuff. Mm. And so it's kind of like, you know, when you think about what they've been weaving, I mean, Jesus is really putting truth on that. So, you know, he's revealing 
you know, that this idea of you guys are murderers and what have you done? I mean, you're trying to follow the law, but look at what, who you've hurt and how you've hurt others and yourself in that process. She speaks a lot of time where you talk about my personal truth, mm-hmm. you know, and you think about what the personal truth of the Israelites was, well, it was just wrong. It was just wrong. And that's what Jesus is doing. And, you know, and, and that kind of the world we live in today where everybody's got their personal truth. We can't argue with my truth, right? It's my truth. So mm-hmm. they keep drawing their credit from their heritage, right? It's mm-hmm. always back to Abraham, always back mm-hmm. to Abraham. But right. Jesus, who in his godhood knew Abraham personally, says <laughs> to them, wow. he says, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works Abraham did, right? This is not what Abraham did. One of the things I was looking at before this mentioned when Abraham was visited by the strangers who came to bear the news that that his wife was going to have a child. So in Genesis 18, when when these men approach Abraham, he welcomes them. That is an example of God in person meeting with Abraham, that Jesus as God was part of that conversation with Abraham saying, this is how the Lord's going to bless you. Your wife's going to become pregnant. And so Jesus was welcomed by Abraham. And here Jesus is in this age meeting his people, the Jewish people, and they do not welcome him. They do the exact opposite of Abraham and they try to put him under. And don't you think part of that is just because I mean, I, when we're talking about this, the lies of Satan is because what he, Satan has done is puffed them up as God's people. He's used God's own word against them for generations and generations. And it's that pride, mm-hmm. that lie of how special they are, even though we know they're God's chosen people, but that just being born, as they're talking about in 41, you know, just being born into that family, you know, that that is their ticket. And in verse 43, they don't understand because they can't bear to hear the words of Jesus. And then the ball drops. Verse 44, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. You know, it's interesting because what came to my mind when you were talking about how they couldn't bear to hear that word. And I, I started thinking, Nehemiah, they'd gone back, they had finished the wall and they have their celebration. Ezra opens the word of God and people are just in tears over their own conviction part of it was their just desperation for truth Mm -hmm. and I would have to think that that's kind of what these people are experiencing here too I mean they've had to been in the desert for a long time just under the law to hear God's truth I mean it has to be almost unsoul-bearing I mean really verse 45 but because I tell you the truth you do not believe me Jesus is distinguishing the difference between truth and lies. When people are speaking truth, that's from the heavenly father. When people are speaking lies, that's coming from Satan. Don't you think that's one of our most powerful spiritual weapons, distinguishing truth from lie? I've I've got a teenage daughter and I can't tell you how many conversations that we have about that because sometimes those lies come from like within us. You know, I think that Sometimes we get a little bit of whisper in our ear, but I think that's one of our biggest weapons is to tell truth is truth and lie is lie, whether it's about ourselves or others. That discernment is the biggest Mm -hmm. help in our walk. Satan is the father of lies. There's a lot of misconception wrapped up in that your own personal truth concept Mm -hmm. because that becomes 
I think very quickly in, I'm okay, you're okay. There's no Satan, Mm -hmm. there's no hell, there's no consequence. And Jesus here is going back to Satan is real. Mm -hmm. He is your father down here. Mm -hmm. The below part is where where, where Satan, Lord, give us discernment to recognize when Satan is at work, to give me understanding and help others to see that, that one of the truths, the big truths there are is that Satan is real that being mm-hmm. separated from God in a situation like hell is real. I mean, is it a Dante's Inferno situation with hell? I mean, there are clues in scriptures of what that might be like. We don't know. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason that that getting the gospel to people is so important in the words of Jude is to snatch them from the, that fire. Yes. Jesus is saying, I want to snatch you from the fire right here. Mm-hmm. I want to expose these lies so that you can see the truth and you are saved and you are free from that. We really truly believe that then we're carrying that light out, that truth. So when we hear somebody saying my truth, it's almost like they're saying their own God, right? Because we know that truth comes from God. So if you're defining your own truth, well, you're taking God's place. You know, the truth is defined through the light of Jesus. And so I think, you know, that's why it's, I mean, and I know it's hard. It's really hard in our world, but you know, speaking God's truth, why it's just become more and more, it's always been important, but more and more, the harder it gets, <laughs> the more important it is to speak it. I, I think that our freedoms as Christians feel at times as if they are disappearing one by one. If you say, I'm a Christian and this is what I believe, there's an immediate offense taken in many circles, not every circle, but truth divides. It's that, that sword that separates you know jesus said that hebrews 4 12 hebrews is such a good book too we should do hebrews next okay did i say that out loud you did. <laughs> i know we can't take that back now it's on a recording <laughs> for the okay so here it is hebrews 4 12 for the word of god is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and of spirit of joints and of marrow and discerning there's that word Mm-hmm. discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. No creature, this is 13, no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed, which is why we talked about wow. that too, to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. I mean, oh, now that that harkens back to that whole conversation about the the woman who was exposed in her adultery. Yeah, it you does. Know, we are all exposed. We are all exposed. And these people are in denial we are also in denial. Mm-hmm. You know, they, there is nothing that saves us except for Jesus. By grace, we have been saved through faith. Yes. So. I think we should pray that out. I think that was enough for an episode. All right. Yeah. You go ahead. Okay. All right. Lord, I just um, thank you for your truth, God, that you are light. Um, I pray discernment, Lord, um, for all of us that we need it, Lord, that we can Um, call a lie a lie, Lord, and that we would be grounded in your truth. And I just pray that you would help all of us, Lord, just to be bold and to take that truth um, to those around us, Lord, because we know that there are so many that are hurting, Father. Um, Just um, continue to speak with us in that journey. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.